Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Samurai Brothers Wrestling. And uh, this is your host, John and Matthew. And uh, kind of getting into it on a late night. We've had quite a busy week. And um, so we just want to see how things are going. We're going to talk about, uh, for tonight, uh, we're going to talk about the recently completed D2 and D3 championships. Um, Oh, also of note, in honor of St. Patrick's Day this week. Ah, yes. In honor of St. Patty's Week. Uh, You know kind of going for green, I guess you can say. Anyway, so D2 and D3 championships, Matthew, have concluded. And uh, I think we're going to try and uh, we're also going to look at, there was quite some surprises for uh, the the D1 conference um, tournaments. And yes, we're going quite, quite some surprises. Yes, and we're going to see how things are going with... Um, the D1 brackets. So let's get right into it then. Uh, Matthew, if you could just make sure that uh, I'm able to screen share. And we're going to take a look at first uh, how things went on the D3 side. Now, Matthew, if, if you remember, um, for, the, for the D3 championships have do- been dominated by two schools since 1995. So... Uh, and we were looking at the fact that um, Wartburg, uh, which is uh, one of the two schools that has dominated D3 uh, for the past 20 some odd years, um, they were in the lead uh, after day one. So let me get into the page to show that. Where is it? There we go. So, um, so what happened, uh, as you know, after day one, uh, Wartburg had all seven of their wrestlers uh, still alive, and um, so all seven of the rest, seven of seven placed. They had six in the semis, so and they were ahead comfortably by double digit points. But as I'm reading into the article, what ended up happening was. Wartburg had a disastrous semifinals round. Five of six of their wrestlers ended up losing their semifinals matches. And in the end, uh, as uh, Flo's article points out, they needed a lot of help uh, from other schools. Um, They did what was necessary in order to place. uh, But in the end, and um, it was Wabash, who was going to, who was looking to try and break this streak of, you know, more than 20 years, 25 years, actually, to be exact. And so they were looking to break that streak. But in the end, uh, they just could not pull it up, even with Wartburg losing their lone finals match. uh, They ended up winning by one point. So 79 team points for Wartburg over Wabash, who had 78 Team points. And 
the other thing I saw here in Flo's article is that uh, Warburg became the first team. Actually, I don't know if that's the first team, but this was Warburg's first championship without any uh, any individual champion. So, Matthew, what do you think of uh, what do you think of the? It must have been pretty suspenseful suspenseful for them to have to kind of wait to see what was going to happen in the finals with everyone else. Don't you think? Yeah. The fact, the, the fact of the matter is they got extremely lucky in that, that final because, um, Wabash had three finalists and if either one of them had won, it would have been over. So the, the, the fact of the matter is, Wartburg got extremely lucky. So mm-hmm. th- this this is one of those times when they're probably just like, oh, we barely won that one. It yeah. could have easily tipped the other way, let's face it. Things, things, yes. Either or, things were could have gone uh, another way. But so, uh, anyway, you know, and again, you know, that's that's just how things are, you know, things... You never know how things are going to go. That's what makes wrestling so great is the fact that, you know, it's each each match is going to, you know, no. contribute towards, you know, whether or not, yeah, you're going to to win that title or not. So, you know, in Wartburg's case, yes, it, it you know, even, and that's another thing is even matches that don't involve your team can end up affecting how you perform in the tournament. So with that being said, so, uh, you know, they did have seven of seven all Americans, but, uh, no, no winners. They had one finalist, no winners, but so that that's, you know, D three in the bag there, uh, Wartburg, their 15th national title. And, uh, this was the closest, uh, national title race for for the D3 level uh, in 29 years, according to Flo's website. So anyway, yep. Well, you know, well, uh, maybe this might be something to, you know, maybe pay attention to see, you know, who, who, who can, you know, can Wabash do something next year, but I don't know. It, it might just come down to Augsburg and, and Wartburg again, you know, who knows when this streak will be broken. Don't you think? It is definitely a unique streak that they could maintain that streak for as long as they have. Um, it would be interesting to see if it's been the same coaches because that could play a factor. But if it hasn't been, then that would be rather interesting because we've seen what happens when coaches go in flux. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And, uh, At higher levels. Probably, probably I could try to uh, look to see. Uh, I don't have it up here, so... But uh, that is something to I, I know that the current uh, Wartburg coach is the one who um, because I think what happened was they had uh, one the the coach who helped start the streak uh, he's no longer there but uh, there was actually a time where kind of in the middle of this streak that's been going on um, the former Wartburg coach actually shared head coach duties with the current. Wartburg coach. So the NCAA website actually lists both of them uh, for three of the years that they won titles, which is kind of a unique thing, I think, to see also. 
Yeah, you don't often see co-head coaching positions in uh and maybe maybe that was, you know, maybe that was the transitionary period for Warper in that sense. Well, and that and if it's been consistent in that way, then maybe that's the reason why they've been able to maintain that dominance is because they have essentially a uh consistent um coaching uh lineage all right well anyway so congrats to Wartburg. you know uh 15 titles that's still you know very respectable in that sense you know i mean a title is a title and you know it's it's not how you win it it's the fact that you did win it i think so anyway uh so now we're going to move on to um actually a, a streak that actually was broken and uh that is actually at the d2 level and uh so as you can see here, um, Nebraska Kearney uh, is back on top of the of the Division II level um, after quite some time. I know that there was a uh, a streak going where it was Notre, Notre Dame, Ohio, and St. Cloud State, who was actually on a three year winning streak. Uh, you know those two. It was those two schools duking it out. Uh, but now it's Nebraska Kearney uh, back on top. And uh, Matthew, they actually won this pretty easily. Uh, they were ahead after, after day one uh, of this tournament, and they really did not look back. In fact, um, so what, what you can see here, and this, this kind of goes back to the fact that they had lost on the last match of the tournament last season. Um, you know, so they had almost gotten there, but the fact that, you know, the last match of the tournament decided whether or not they would win. You know, that must have been pretty heartbreaking for them. And I'm sure that's, that was very motivating for them to come back to try and uh, win the tournament, don't you think? Well, yeah, and especially if you're that close and you're able to build back a team and it's, if you are have the ability to, then it's like, they, they're not obviously it was too late for the seniors but the other classmen are just like we don't want to be in that situation again we don't want to lose again so obviously one of the reasons why they dominated is because those guys went back and they worked hard and they were just like we're not gonna leave this to, to any chance whatsoever we're gonna make this decisive in and fact they, they did right when you're looking at when you're looking at uh, um and again we're on flow's website here looking at the the article that they wrote and uh it turns out eight eight Kearney wrestlers placed top five, top five. So they were really blowing through the, uh, the competition there. And uh, they had two, uh, actually, no, they had three, three uh, wrestlers in the finals and uh, two also uh, placed uh, third. And uh, so they were really, they were really on a mission to uh, regain that, that title status. Yeah, like it's 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 you know none none of these wrestlers this year have ever had that because it's been it's been about a decade. It's been the last time was about the time I was wrestling, mm-hmm. so it's been a while. These guys have not had the opportunity, so and they got really close and they lost it. So they were just like, yeah, we're gonna go in there, we're gonna actually take it, and obviously they were able to go in there, work hard, and they left nothing to chance if they if 
those statistics are all true because they were just going in there and they were just like, we're going to make sure we win this one. And clearly they went in there and they won it. So uh, other teams that were competitive, although, uh, you know, as it says, um, basically Kearney, Kearney had this thing wrapped up before the finals, uh, you know, because of just how well that their, their wrestlers placed. Uh, but the other teams that had champions were, uh, runner-up Central Oklahoma, I think we had discussed last week that, you know, it was Central Oklahoma that uh, I believe was ranked first going into this tournament, and they were one of the teams that qualified, uh, you know, the most wrestlers going into it. So, you know, it was looking like that there was probably going to be a team that was going to unseat St. Cloud State, but, uh, you know, I don't think uh, we would have seen just on paper that it was going to be Nebraska Kearney that was going to do it. But anyway, so they ended up having uh, two national champions uh, on their way to runner up with 86 team points. And uh, we also had uh, West Liberty uh, finished third with 75 and a half points. They had uh, a champion at 125 pounds. St. Cloud State, who was the defending champion, took a little bit of a dive. Uh, while not having an abysmal tournament, uh, it was not enough to put them in the top three. So they ended up uh, in fourth place uh, ha- after having their three-year winning streak broken. So in the end, though, you know, as, as it seems, you know, Kearney, they're back on top. But Matthew, what do you think? Uh, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to, um, after the conclusion of the, of the season, you know, we'll probably have to go back and look and see, you know, what teams are going to have, uh, you know, returners, you know, once, once they have their seniors going out, but do you think that, uh, maybe it, it might be Kearney, Kearney's back in action. Do you think that they're here to stay or do you think maybe central Oklahoma could try them out? something for uh you know the first time in a while that they've won a national championship well Kearney was number two so even though uh no sorry central oklahoma was number two and even though they just got destroyed again it would just depend on some of those seniors which which one of the nebraska Kearney guys were seniors and then it would also depend on which one of the returners from central oklahoma are going to be in there so it's not outside the realm of possibility that central oklahoma could possibly mount a comeback but it would certainly be an effort and again that would be one of those things to maybe go and look back on for future episodes when we don't have as much going on i'd imagine that we'd be covering some of the more international stages but right. for right now, it, that that's something we could definitely look at. Right. And uh, I think it'll be interesting, you know, because, uh, you know, there are websites out there. I've been seeing that, uh, you know, they are putting out who's committing to which, you know, which universities, you know, by level, you know, which state um, and all that. So, you know, depend, you know, it will definitely look to look for to be an interesting episode to see who's going to be going where and will this really stack up the team going forward um, well the the thing is with with recruitment 
if there's anything I've learned, it's that recruitment doesn't always determine things. I mean, you get you get a good wrestler going into a good program and everything matches up, then it works out. But if there's anything that I learned it, when it comes to both wrestling at in the high school where we had a past of pretty good performances and wrestling at a college where I'd see guys come and go, recruitment doesn't always mean something. You could have a state champion recruited to a uh, school and they wash out after a year. So that, that I'd be more interested in seeing the returners rather than the recruits. I mean, that's something again, that we could go over in a right. coming episode, but uh, I'm more interested in the returners than yeah, how consistent your team is. Yeah. I'd be, yeah. That's the consistent guys. Yeah. That's that. I'd be more interested in that than looking at the, the recruits. The recruits are something again, that can be done, but I, I I'd be more interested in the, the returning wrestlers. All right. Well, Kearney back on top of the two, uh, the scene. Uh, this is their fourth title uh, as a D two school, and uh, I think at one point were they not NAIA? That's a good question. One thing to remember about Nebraska Kearney: it's the University of Nebraska Kearney. Mm. It's a public school. There aren't very many public schools in the NAIA. They're usually in the NCAA. So, all right. I mean, it's something to look at, but I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if there were ever NAIA. They might have been because there might have been a time when more public schools were in the NAIA. But I'm willing to say that they probably were never NAIA. All right. Well, that concludes uh, the talks about uh, the D2 championships. We're kind of going through pretty quick, folks. Uh, you know, we're just trying to get this thing wrapped up. But uh, now comes the creme de la creme, Matthew, to talk about. Uh, first off, we're going to talk about the D1 conference results. So I think we'll kind of go in order of, you know, what the uh, probably not to say that the level, but more of just, you know, I think we'll go from smallest to biggest uh, in terms of who was going to get the, you know, the most qualifiers, automatic qualifiers. So I think what we'll first start off is the Southern Conference, which had the lowest number of automatic uh, spots going into the NCAA tournament. So I believe that one is, oops, I clicked off on my screen. Let me go back on here. And um, so let me see here. Oh, this is not the right one. That's the Mac. That is the Mac. Here we go. Okay. So the Southern Conference, which uh, according to the last, uh, the last time we talked, only has uh, 15 qualifying, uh, automatic qualifying spots. And um, so this so was one by... 15 is like enough for the champions and like five finalists, depending on... The right, level. five finalists, depending on the weight class. And so uh, this was Campbell. Campbell ended up uh, 
according to the SoCon's website, Campbell uh, wins the their fourth uh, Southern Conference title. And uh, so uh, in that, uh, they had three individual uh, champions. And uh, from there, uh, you know, one of the things that they, they also seem to do, you know, in the end, they, they had actually a closer championship run uh, than one might think. But, you know, in the Southern Conference, I guess anyone could win, but it appears that Campbell is maintaining uh, dominance of the conference, at least for the time being, even though this championship was only won by uh, five and a half points. Uh, Matthew, what do you think? What, what can we have for expectations uh, for the Southern Conference? Do you think that, you know, they might be able to at least get some All-Americans uh, at, the, at the NCAA tournament? I would say it depends on the wrestlers. Because, again, because we weren't really paying attention, uh, it would depend on the wrestlers who or are ranked. I mean, if you have a high enough ranking wrestler, then it's definitely possible to have a all American. I know that, um, I believe, yeah, I believe that Appalachian state has had all Americans before. So it's not outside the realm of possibility, but so here's something I'm trying to remember if Campbell is another one of those, NAI to uh, NCAA transplants, but I might be getting Campbell's Bill and Cumberland's. Mm-hmm. I'd like to say it is. I'd really do, but I'd have to go back and double check that. I it, I might be wrong, but I yeah I don't recall Campbell really being on the map. So the fact that they've I don't, yeah, I don't recall them being in D1 that long, regardless of whether they're an NAI transplant or not. They haven't been in that long. So the fact that they've made this transition to the point where they're actually winning a conference, even though it's the weakest of the D1 conferences, is impressive. And again, looking at all those, yeah, I do believe that there's a possibility that we could at least have an All-American. Of no Virginia Military Institute, I believe that's one of those, even though it's because it's clearly a four-year school, I believe sometimes that does provide as a feeder to some, I'd like to say West Point. Mm-hmm. I think it clearly because it's in here, it's a four-year school, but I think... I'd like, yeah, I'd like to see VMI as Virginia Military Institute, and that's where the guys would want to go in there in order to get a few years to go into West Point. Um, so looking at looking at the the standings, the results, uh, because they're listing uh, obviously who won, uh, but then they are also listing who ended up getting those getting into those allocated spots. So um, the the Weight classes where if you made it to the finals, you were automatically in were 125, 133, 149, 65s and heavyweights. And uh, from looking at the, the listing, uh, it looks like the top five schools were the ones who end up qualifying uh, wrestlers to the NCAA tournament. 
You skipped over some weight classes, but I skipped over where? You skipped over some weight classes. Right, because uh, these weight classes had automatic qualifiers. Those are the additional allocations. Right. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that that the I was saying that these weight classes were the ones that I named were the ones that got automatic additional qualifiers if you made the finals. Oh, oh okay, okay, sorry. Okay. So uh, we will be uh, we'll probably will be revisiting um, you know who who got in from the uh, Southern Conference when we get into the, the at-larges. Uh, but let's look at uh, uh, another conference uh, as we're building up to, obviously, the Big 12 and the Big, Big 10s. Uh, but let's look here at the MAC. So the MAC uh, had an interesting one, which is, uh, you know, a first, uh, Lock Haven University uh, winning their first MAC title. And uh, so this is, you know, interesting because uh, I, I was looking, though. Lockhaven wasn't really uh, tapped to be a, a big competitor, I guess, in the conference. They were, uh, according to the article on the Mac, they were ranked 11 of 13th, you know, of the teams in the, in the preseason. So, you know, to come this way and, you know, finish – uh, 15 and a half points ahead of the competition. And not only that, uh, they actually were looking pretty strong going into this tournament. They ended up having six finalists and won three of the weight classes, I believe. Am I right? One, two, I'm sorry, two weight classes, but still they had four, sorry, four finalists and, and two winners. And when you look at the, you know, they had a number one seed at 125 pounds. Uh, they also had a, a three seed, their other winner at 157. Their 65 was a two seed. And then their heavyweight was also a two seed. So, Matthew, do you think that they, they really seem to turn things around, you know, being ranked, you know, in the literally the bottom half or the more like the bottom 75 bottom 25%, I think, you know, the bottom 25% of the, of the conference uh, to come back and, and finish first, you know, what do you think that really got them motivated to, to come and, uh, you know, win this tournament by 15 and a half points? That's a very good question. I don't, I really don't know how to answer that. You have a team who was ranked, if they're ranked 13, they were ranked literally the, Last. 11 of 13 yes yeah it will yeah it's, it's it's hard to tell really i mean when you especially when you have more established um especially when you have more established colleges out there like i it's like i've heard of central michigan i've heard of real northern right. illinois buffalo, buffalo cleveland state kent state ohio SIU Edwardsville. I wrestle SIU Edwardsville guys. Right. So, I mean, there's you know George Mason, Edinburgh, you know. Yeah. Right. It's 
they're not they haven't been like strong wrestling schools but like i know that edinburgh it's like a bunch of these have gotten all americans before so the fact that lock haven it's like i i genuinely have not really even i don't even know if i've heard the name lock haven before to be perfectly honest and here they are winning the mac mm-hmm they, they they were not they were not highly ranked and all of a sudden they had these guys perform extremely well. So well, I this, don't this will be interesting. You know, they uh they've ended up qualifying, it looks like they've qualified five, you know. So I don't think we'll see, you know, that much from the Mac, but you know, there is always a possibility that, you know, maybe they can make some noise coming in this tournament. Uh, probably, you know, Lockhaven or the Mac in general going in, probably getting some All-Americans. I, I, I have no doubt that, you know, the, you know, the, the Mac, Mac has gotten All-Americans before. Right. So, yeah, they, they'll, they'll, they, they've got a good chance. Mm-hmm. But right. to me, it's just, that's just crazy, Lockhaven. I wonder if they've even won any conference championships before. This might be their uh, – I don't know much about that school, but this might be their first ever conference championship in anything. Right. <laughs> well, we'll have to look that up. I mean, because, yeah, it's – I mean, that would be the equivalent of, like, if Portland State, back when it still existed, won the Pac-12. Right. Or, 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 or a great one, because we all know that, you know, Arkansas Little Rock is an affiliate member of – the Pac-12. Yeah, if Arkansas saw Little Rock won it. That would be like, yes, Little Rock coming in to win the Pac-12. So we'll have to, you know, follow this going forward, you know, because obviously this is why we're doing this. We're trying to familiarize ourselves, you know, with these teams because we've been kind of casual guys, you know, we've obviously wrestled and stuff and we've been kind of on and off. But, you know, I think it's always interesting to see just where everything is going, you know, with these these teams and such. So, you know, I, think- I bet that we could take like individual episodes and just analyze these individual conferences. If, if we sure. want if we wanted to devote entire episodes, we could probably do that. So, like, yeah, we could do that. In, like, we could do that in, in off weeks. <laughs> I'm sure. So, well. Let's go to the ACC really quick. Uh, ACC, athletic. Uh, Wait, who gets more, the ACC or the Pac-12? Uh, I'd say let's go to the ACC first because Pac-12 is our kind of our home territory. Um, but I think going into this, uh, you know, NC State, which is the more dominant, um, you know, school in the ACC. And as you can see from the headline, you know, they've, been the dominant team for the past four years now running uh they're winning their fourth consecutive acc title and uh, i was looking at um i was looking at the qualifiers and nc state ended up qualifying all 10 of their wrestlers to the tournament now is that going to necessarily translate into you know making a run for the, the championship before we get into the actual championship conversation, I'd probably say, you know, you'd have to really pull out some upsets, but just kind of looking at this, you know, this is, um, it actually is the second time that they won four titles in a row. So I think that goes without a doubt. NC state is, is the um, powerhouse school 
in the ACC when it comes to wrestling. Uh, you know, they for this time around, uh, they finished with 98 and a half points. Uh, second place, Virginia Tech had 76, while uh, Pitt uh, had 51 uh, points. Uh, the other thing I think, if I'm looking at this, uh, it looks like, can I see where? Yes. Yeah, so anyway, NC State, uh, from what it looks like, they had three, four, six finalists and four winners. Um, I mean, Matt, do you think that, that there's really anyone that's going to unseat NC State right now? In the ACC, not in the near future. I mean, there was a time. Tom Brands was at one point the the coach of Virginia Tech. Mm -hmm. And Tom Brands is now the coach of Iowa. But um, that that was a while ago. Uh, And if you just look at that score, I mean, NC State defeated Virginia Tech by over 20 points. The fact of the matter is NC State has always, as long as I can remember, they've always had pretty good wrestling, especially when it comes to the ACC. So they're not weak in that regard. And with their coach going the way they, they are, I seriously doubt that that um, the other teams would have to do really well. And, and here's the thing. I've, I've seen Virginia Tech guys become All-Americans. I've seen Pittsburgh guys. I think I may even remember a Pittsburgh guy winning a championship. But we've seen the, I've seen All-Americans in, in this area before it, it, from the ACC. So it's not a weak conference in terms of quality of wrestling. But they've never won a wrestling championship. That's just, I, like we've said, the Big Ten is the dominant championship. So it would, even though here's NC State winning, they'd really have to be able to pull something off in order to uh, win a championship. So. Well, yeah, you, in order to, in order to really win the championship, especially if you're the underdog, you got to pull a lot of upsets. That case. Yeah. And the, and the thing is in the tournament as large as we'll discuss this later, but it, it's 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 a little bit easier to win in a conference, especially if it's only six teams like the ACC, versus a national tournament where you've got thirty three wrestlers in a bracket. Yeah, it's it's a completely different ballpark. So, and All these right. guys these guys are and, and it's it's the best of the best in terms of the wrestlers. It's like all the all the smaller um fish have been have been taken out of the pond taken out of the pond so all right well let's go i to- I, I, I would i would definitely expect some nc state all americans that that's that's pretty much a given but so yeah, now i, I how, don't think there's how many how many can make the finals right can any of them make the finals? That's the thing. It would, depends on the ranking, depends on how they do, because we've yeah. seen guys who are ranked number one who went to and out in the tournament. Yep. 
Yep. Happens all the time. And like who who's Askren's brother? Who's Ben Askren's brother, the younger Askren? He went to an out. He was ranked number one. Yeah. So we'll we'll just see. All right. So Pac 12, kind of our, our home turf. Um, you know, this this is no surprise at ASU, you know, that they would uh you know, this is their third third championship in a row, and um, as uh, as their website shows, twenty third uh, uh, overall conference title, and uh, you know, I, I think, uh, but actually, it's not surprising that they won. But the fact of the matter is, when you look at the score, the fact that it was only half a point, uh, you know, means that uh, the race was kind of. Closer than we thought, but uh, it looks like, though, what that meant was that it was probably a lot of head-to-heads, you know, between ASU and Oregon State because, you know, as you can see here, uh, ASU also, you know, they they won six weight classes. They won six weight classes, and they also had uh, one person take third. So the fact that they had... If they had, if they had lost one of those, uh, you know, finals, then it would have been, or it probably would have been Oregon State winning the title. Uh, so, what do you? It, it had to have been very, very competitive, don't you think? Yeah, I'm surprised that you've got six champions and you're it was that close and only winning by half a point. Yeah, that's that's an ex- that's extremely close. But well, but these these but ASU and Oregon State those are the two dominant um, Pac-12 and then and then Stanford. Teams. So let's let's take a look at this really quick because sure enough, one twenty five. You know, it was it was an ASU Oregon <laughs> State uh, match. It was a head to head, and uh, you know it was only a five three decision by by Courtney over uh, Kaler. So you know. That, that's one that really, and then when you look here, so then you had McGee from ASU. He was actually against, um, he was actually against Rich from Bakersfield, who had actually upset uh, Turner from Oregon State. So, you know, we missed out on another uh, head you know, head. matchup. And, this might have been one of the things that actually did Oregon State in by the fact of losing that semifinal match and not making it to the final. I mean, based on how the points went, because now we're two for two in placing, uh, obviously. Um, although it looks like uh, this time around, uh, you had Ramos uh, for ASU, uh, 141 taking third, but you had Willits from Oregon State in the finals, although. He lost to Woods from Stanford. So here's another opportunity that I'm sure you're going to point out that they probably blew um, in terms of trying to win that championship. Well, I, what I'm going to point out is, it, to me, it's just how it's just crazy how, um, like I said, uh, they had six and Oregon didn't even have the other four titles. Stanford had one, and it was right. still that close. Right. You That's got, what's yeah. so crazy about how close this tournament was. Right, because you got Stanford. And 
Oregon State didn't make the didn't make the the championship here yet. Uh, Parco from ASU versus Lamer from Cal Poly. So you've got that there, but but Crooks from Oregon State did make third. So you know a lot of uh, if if Oregon State had won a couple of more matches, then they would have gotten there. But I'm I'm almost curious as to whether or not bonus points also played a factor. Now here's where we have our second head to head at 157. You know for. Oregon State versus ASU, and again, as shown in the in the article, uh, ASU won this one. So they're two for two in the head-to-head matches. But now here's here's an interesting one. One sixty-five. You got Wick from Cal, and here's something that's going to be you know th- there's going to be an interesting topic that's going to come up when we talk about um, the actual tournament itself. Wick from Cal Poly. He's seated number one in the 165 bracket. And uh, so, you know, I guess, but, uh, you know, you got Griffith from Stanford actually looks like gave Wick a run for his money because you have an 8-7 uh, decision there. And, uh, you know, normally I don't, I don't, I don't recall that you would have, you know, really high scoring matches, you know, unless it's like a one-sided, you don't really see a lot of, close matches with a lot of points, especially at that level. Don't you think when it comes to D one? Yeah. Cause normally those, normally the, the, the D one matches are very close. They're, they're just going in. And the thing is, you know, a lot of high schoolers are like mesmerized by this idea of like a magic move, like a grand beer or something like that. When in mm-hmm. reality, if you watch the NCAA championship, they're, one on the most basic of moves, double leg takedowns, single leg takedowns. You Thank know, you. The, and the setups aren't that that crazy either. It's like you bop the head. You, it's, it's, you know, it's they're not these like they aren't done by these magic moves. These are the the best of the best defeating guys with the most basic of moves. And it's the same thing if you if we uh, for the international level when we talk about that when that comes up during the summer. So also here, here's something that's, that's a little, so you got um, Anthony Valencia of the famed Valencia brothers from St. John Bosco uh, looking like, um, you know, a little bit, I guess not, not as dominant as uh, Zahid was. Uh, Cause as you, as you remember Zahid, um, he did win a, a national title and I think he was a, a two, two time all American if I remember correctly. Just to, just to recall, Anthony is the youngest of the, the Yes, three, Anthony right? is the younger brother. Yes. Yeah, so, well, the other brother would have been good, too, if he hadn't. What, what did he get busted for? Was it uh, weed? No, no, no. Um, peds. <laughs> so, anyway. But, yeah, it looks like he ended up facing uh, Olguin from Oregon State, and he ended up losing the match. Although, this... You know, sudden victory. So, you know, obviously that could have gone either way, but uh, a worse result could have ended up either tying the, you know, tying the teams for the title, um, or it could have ended up with, you know, obviously Oregon State winning. But... Oh, but oh, let me let me go back to the fact that we're at one sixty five. We're six weight classes in. OSU 
has women. At this point, OSU has no champions, right? No champions, yes. No champions. They, they put finals they have, and they have no champions. But they, they, I think they did have one in the finals, but that person lost. Yeah, so again, it's crazy how things still got... 174. 174. Well, well what, we're seven weight classes in. Actually, no yeah, this, this, is, this is a, you know, this is right here. Um, almost, who was the two seed, he was uh, defeated by the three seed, Eschens, who made the finals. And Eschens actually ended up winning the Pac-12 title. And uh, he actually defeated the number one seed, uh, Kemp, from Cal Poly. Uh, but then, you, you know, so I guess Rockford was the sixth seed and he ended up, uh, you know, not winning. But then, so the the head-to-head for OSU-ASU ended up being in the fifth place match. Well, to me, it's funny. Uh, he was beat by the Little Rock guy in the consolation, <laughs> the consolation semis. So it's like it's like I, I it's, ah, it's, it's here one we of those go. Things, it's one of those things where we kind of hate to beat on Little Rock because. We consider them the joke of the Pac-12, but that's essentially what they are. Not not necessarily a joke, but they're just the weak, the weakest of the Pac-12. <laughs> oh, here we go. You've got you got Trey Munoz, who finally a champion, right? Finally. And actually, he did it in dominating fashion too. Two falls on his. Well, that way. probably helped. That's probably one of the reasons why. Right. I mean, you know, falls right there. That earns you one and a, I, I think it's two points, two points in a championship match. It's either two points or one and a half points. I forget which one, but you know, you know, it gets you those points right then and there. So, I mean, and you know, Trey Munoz, uh, as, as you may recall, Matthew, um, he's the, uh, the son of uh, Mark Munoz. So, you know, he's got a good uh, pedigree. I forgot, who did Mark Munoz wrestle for? I don't remember. All I know is you've all you've you've told me about Mark Munoz because of his time in in uh, MMA. The but UFC I, specifically. Yeah, but I can. Oh, go- I, oh, and let's 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 not forget the fact that he at one point was the the um, the president of what's now the Orange County Wrestling Association, formerly the Southern California Wrestling Association. That's very true. So anyway, he but oh. At, Oh, and another Bond, he was born in Yokosuka. Oh, that's interesting. On, on the base. <laughs> so the same place we were at. Here we go, 197. Here is our, um, I think it's the fifth match. It might be the fourth. I, I forget. But ASU, again. Um, winning where it counts is so is here we are nine champ nine weight classes in OSU has had one champion and they still lost by half a point. And then and then heavyweight right here. One Col- champion of the nine. Here's yeah, but here's it, here's another so. It looks like um, ASU went seven for seven in 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 um, in the finals. They if they made the finals, they did not lose. But here we go. You got OSU one, two, 
three. Uh, I'm sorry. Not uh, that's Munoz won his. So they're one of three right there. Uh, then if you go down one of four, uh, one of five, uh, one of six. So they had six in the finals and they only won one match. And uh, I think three, three of those ended up being head to head. And they still lost by half a point. Yeah. So, you know, not sure how to score it, but if ASU had won, uh, you know, if, if one of those guys had lost their final match, they would not have won the tournament. That, that, if you look closely, they list the number of points that someone wins. I, th- I think that's the, the, those are the points. Um, I, I know I mean, oh, those track. are probably the match numbers. It's probably on track. Um, so, no, those are the match numbers. Don't just, just the, the anyway. What I said. Oh, I don't know, Matthew. What do you think? Um, <clears throat> I mean, does this necessarily mean that ASU is going to make a run for it? I don't think so. But you know, there's. I think it'll be interesting. ASU made one run, and that was under Bobby Douglas when they won the NCAA championship. I mean, I think without a doubt, <clears throat> usually you know, Pac-12 always they they always make. They make a statement, not a big statement though, at the NCAA. So they always get at least a few All American, like right. one or two. So I think they, it's they, just a matter of you know, out of out of these who qualify, you know, who's going to end up on a good year? They'll get a champion, but so that leads us now into the EIWA, and um, <clears throat> this this apparently was a close one. Uh, Cornell ended up winning the you know, the tournament, they are a perennial, you know, um, contender for the EIWA championship, but apparently they only won it by, uh, two points, uh, was the, uh, the final score. Uh, let me see if they have, so, you know, it looks like there was a lot that went on in the, in the finals, well, as I recall, of note is that it wasn't just Cornell, but the top three spots of the EIW, the top three teams of the EIWA were, um, what's it called? They were they were all uh, Ivy right. League schools. Yes, yes, you were mentioning that uh, a lot of the contenders were um, Ivy League. Uh, which is something. Well, the I the the eight uh, is it the six schools? I forget how many schools are in the Ivy League. All but two of the schools in the Ivy League have wrestling, so they just do all their they they just do all their stuff. Their their postseason is is the the IEWA uh, championship for the most part, and they they're um, they do have a dual. The Ivy League does have a dual meet championship. Right, right. They just go in there, they duel each other, they might duel a few other EIWA schools. I have no idea if the EIWA um, has ever had a dual meet championship. The dual meet championship varies from conference to conference. Some of them do it, some of them don't. Mm -hmm. And it partially depends on size, but I know that the Ivy League itself does a 
does dueling and they have a dual championship, but they don't, uh, that's as far as they go. They don't sponsor. Uh, so it looks like they don't have the brackets yet, so I can't um, pull up everything. So uh, we're going to have to skip the, the EIWA. So apologies to our, our uh, viewers. Um, didn't really have enough time to prepare for this, but you know, again, talk, we'll talk, uh, again, we'll talk about it in like a down. Yeah. Down. So let me go in. <laughs> now we're going to go into. But what I can say is that Cornell winning is not surprising because I think they still have the same coach. One has to remember Cornell actually placed second. Yes. In the NCAA did. championships not too long ago. It was during Kale's reign. The beginning of Kale, not the beginning. It was during Kale's reign. It was when Kyle Dake was was wrestling there. The only four-time NCAA champion to win them in four different weight classes. So it's they're definitely yeah they're not they're, they're programmed not, and, to and, be reckoned with. Besides Dake, they've had individual champions and such too. So they're not yeah. a they're not a pushover. Be interesting to see what they do. They will probably get into the top ten. You know, as now this was interesting. Yes, this was interesting. Cornell again. You know, they 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 do what they do at the EIWAs, and they'll probably get a top ten. Uh, you know, finish. Um, but now let's go into the Big Twelve. Hey, well, it's talk about a, talk about a homecoming, right, Matthew? Yeah, because the the because Mizzou hasn't been in yes. uh, the big 12 for all that long at least not not oh. since they haven't returned the, big 12, not the missouri tigers they were in the big 12 as as a you know as a school um the school then left the big 12 um i believe for the sec yes they went to the sec uh wrestling ended up as an affiliate in the mac uh where they were for a while but uh you know the missouri decided to come back home to the big 12 and, uh, you know, of all things, they win the conference championship in their first year back. Uh, I, don't, you know. I don't remember them winning the Big 12 or even the MAC. Did they win the MAC? Uh, you know, I, I would have to go back and look at it. You know? That's another interesting thing we'll to look up during the, the offseason. Now, you know, so for them to, to be able to do that, there was quite a, a few other things that uh, happened. Um, you know, it was Oklahoma, though, that ended up taking third place. Uh, you know, uh, Missouri. Well, I, don't know a, if I, mentioned, I don't know if I mentioned this for the conference previews, but Oklahoma was, did, was having – towards the end, they weren't ha- really having the best of seasons. A lot of their guys were getting injured. So, yeah, um, you know, Missouri takes the championship. Uh, it's Oklahoma, not OSU, but Oklahoma that ends up winning, you know, second place. And then it's Iowa State, you know, taking third. And it looks like, though, you know, Missouri, you know, I, I don't know how much that they had it wrapped up, you know, going into the finals, but it's a pretty commanding lead when you're, you know, when you finish, you know, 18 and a half points ahead. Um, you know, and then you had Oklahoma and Iowa State actually in close contention for second place with Oklahoma having the edge by three points. And we also looked at the fact that, you know, Oklahoma State, you know, we were talking about that, you know, they, they, they've had a lot of injuries, but it looks like they were able to somewhat overcome that because I think 
being off by two and a half points out of third place, while that's obviously not something that, you know, you would, you would, uh, you know, that John Smith would want to hear. It's like, oh, you know, we only lost by two and a half points. You know, I'd have to say that coming from that, you know, isn't as bad. But, you know, obviously he would have wanted his team to do better. But I think being able to finish in fourth place, uh, you know, within a range, you know, when, when you only have a uh, five and a half point range from second, third and fourth, uh, I think that's uh, it, it's a lot better than it seemed, don't you think? Uh, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, that's just, um, I mean, it's not as bad as it seems to be, uh, obviously taking fourth is not something you want. Um, and so this is, this, this is what happened here. You know, I was just reading that, that I was just reading further down, uh, that air force Academy has their first big 12 chance. Yes. So but they also haven't been in the, the conference that long either. They were, oh, no. they were absorbed from the Western rest. Yeah. The Western regional, which was yeah. the Western regional was, was not a, not something that was recognized by the, the, the NCAA. So they, it was kind of, that was a tournament to kind of be an at large um, pick, so to speak. As I recall, the, the, they, the, the, well, there was an actual conference that the the Western Wrestling, whatever it was, but the NCAA didn't recognize the conference, so there was uh, there was a, uh, a regional conference that just stuck the guys in there, anyways. Right. So, but then they but then they merged with the Big Twelve um, to give the Big Twelve back there, you know, which uh, which did formerly include the recently resurrected and once again dead fresno state rest in peace so anyway yeah uh, air force academy ended up getting their first big 12 individual champion although another first that happened was um northern uh i believe was uh was it northern colorado uh also got their first uh d uh big 12 individual champion as well so that being said though i mean it's kind of interesting that you know you would it, have it proved to be an interesting season just overall in ncaa mm-hmm. wrestling right all things considered so i think overall though i mean you're looking um you know you've got um it looks like you know air force winning uh at heavyweight um but then you had and and it looks like the the finals was actually somewhat varied i mean if you're looking at it um it was no not necessarily one team that was dominating the finals um if i'm if i'm looking at this i mean obviously you had dayton fix you know from oklahoma state doing what he what he does, uh, you know, winning his weight class ranked number two in the nation. Um, but other than him, uh, you know, OSU did look like uh, they did have a uh, another champion. I'm looking to see. So they did have a they had a bedlam battle. 
So they ended up having three champions. Uh, Missouri, I believe, uh, reading from it, they did have two. Uh, but the other schools, you got Wyoming, Northern Iowa, uh, Air Force, Iowa State, Northern Colorado, West Virginia. So a variety of schools actually taking individual titles. So, you know, you, uh, I think variety sometimes can, can make things interesting. But it also, you know, can make it so that, you know, maybe team scores aren't as big as they might seem, don't you think? Yeah, that's certainly true because uh, it, it, it meant that you couldn't tell just from the finals who exactly was winning. Right. So, yeah. So, you know, we'll have to see, you know, how they do because, you know, for the past several years – the national championships have been dominated by uh, the big 10. In fact, I think it was Oklahoma state's four year run was the last time that any school outside of the big 10 actually won the national title. Right. Cause since then it was Minnesota under Jay Robinson brands. I think Ohio was, state did win one. Yeah. Ohio state and then Penn state Penn state. And then Iowa again recently, right? Which well, yeah, it's been. Let's segue. Let's segue into uh, the surprising result that we saw, which was Michigan claiming the Big Ten title. That's just crazy to me. The two the two teams that are like ranked up there. Were supposed yeah, to the fact too. that they were able to. I, I think for me, you know the. It, Obviously, it's going to be the Big Ten that everyone's going to want to talk about. But the fact that they were able to unseat not just Penn State, not just Iowa, you know, individually, but both of them. So I, I think, you know, but I, I think in the end, it looks like Penn State had a couple of matches that just did not go their way because, you know, they still finished one and a half points off the mark. So I think Penn State is obviously not done uh, considering, you know, there, there's been uh, – we've, we've actually seen it, you know, during some of, of their championship seasons that they didn't necessarily win the Big Ten. You know, they would finish second. It might have been Iowa. I don't know if it was, to, you know, other teams, but they ended up, you know, even if they didn't win the Big Ten, they would still go on to win the national title well that's the thing about the ncaa's it doesn't necessarily depend on who wins the conference it depends on who does better at the national stage like i'll just throw an example from another er, sport in football in the sec championship game alabama was going in there already with the loss and georgia went in there undefeated georgia lost Guess who came back and won in the rematch in the, the the college football final? It was Georgia. So it de- it doesn't depend. It does not depend on who wins the conference. It depends on who wins the championship. Yeah, good so, point. Point. Yeah, there's been multiple times where yeah, Penn State has not won the Big Ten, but has been able to come back and win it. The Big Ten ultimately doesn't mean anything. So here's a name it, that you'll it, be familiar with. Uh, Gable Stevenson, 
uh, getting the Big Ten Wrestle of the Year. You know, obviously, you know, one of, if not the best heavyweight in the country right now. Um, if you look at it from the college aspect, um, but he is also one of the best heavyweights when it comes to the international scene, uh, you know, because he has a, he has a gold, gold medal uh, that he won last year at the, at the Tokyo Olympics. So, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, Gable is probably going to do what he does, uh, you know, at the NCAA tournament, and he'll probably end up uh, repeating as national champion this year. I mean, do you think that there could be someone that could stop him? Um, at the college stage, I would have to say no. I would be very surprised if he does not win again. So anyway, yeah, I think just, you know, coming from where they were at and I looked and um, they ended up when, when I was looking at the brackets, you know, they ended up, uh, you know, you had Suriano. Uh, I think we know Suriano pretty well. Uh, you know, he's coming back this year and uh, he obviously won his match. Uh, and then, um, the, the interesting one though, was, um, you know, Roman Bravo young versus, uh, uh, DeSanto. Uh, I, I've, I've, it's interesting how, you know, I, I think, um, some people have tried to style DeSanto as, as the bad boy of, uh, of college wrestling and stuff, you know, and he gets a little bit on the, um, you know, the show, uh, show boating side sometimes or, uh, you know, kind of gets a little bit too excited and, you know, sometimes he, he might get to his opponents, but, uh, you know, it seems to me that, uh, you know, Roman Bravo young kind of, kind of knew how to, to keep him down. Uh, cause I could see just, uh, you know, in, in the clip of the closing seconds, uh, I think DeSanto, it looked like he knew he was beat and, um, he tried, he did try, a um, he tri- did try a last minute, you know, maneuver to try and escape because he was down. He was down three one, obviously. But you know, in the end, um, Bravo Young came out on top. Um, do you think though that you know we'll be seeing these two in the finals? Um, I would probably say so. They're going to come in. They'll probably be seated on the other side of the bracket. Yeah. So yeah, I would say it's, it, there's a good chance that we'll see them rematch. So Lee, uh, you know, Lee, uh, we know uh, from last year, uh, you know, winning uh, the title at uh, 141 pounds. Uh, then you have uh, Gomez, the number two seed, uh, winning against Sasso, the number one seed from Ohio State, uh, eight to five. So he is the Big Ten champion there. Uh, and then you've got Deacon. Uh, from I believe this is Nebraska, uh, the number one seed. Uh, but I think this is where, uh, you know, things really came into play. Lewin, uh, who actually was going against the number 10 seed, Burge, from Penn State. Um, Who upset Young of Iowa, number two seed. Yes. So I think this is something that really, you know, really catapulted Penn State up there because I – I think this right here, you know, shows that Penn State may have a chance at the title 
you know, you got the, you know, this is, this is their best person, but he was the 10th seed at this weight class. And, you know, right here, this is an automatic top six finish. And as you know, you know, big 10, I mean, looking at the, the allocations, you know, finishing seventh is going to automatically get you, you know, into the tournament. And in some cases, you know, it's more than that, you know, you just have to finish top 10 in, in some cases. So I think that was a pretty, I think that's a pretty Essentially big, you just have to win a match. Yeah. Sometimes it's just, you have to win a match and, um, and just look, 10 seed Burge and he ends up finishing third. So could we see something happening at, you know, NCAAs with this kid? Who knows? But oh I, yeah, look at he beat the Iowa guy twice. <laughs> so, you know, there's there's uh, quite a bit that can happen here. Uh, you know, Marinelli from Iowa. So there's our there's our Iowa champion right there over Amin, number four seed from Michigan, who upset um Karkla, who was the number one seed from OSU. Uh Sorochi, Penn State, you know, winning over Massa, who was the, the number two seed. So you had a one and two right there, just like in the 33 pound weight class. Um so here's one, and I think the, this looks like this was probably one of the matches that won the, the tournament for um you know, Michigan was uh, another the uh, another Amin brother uh, from Michigan winning over Brooks, who was the number one seed from Penn State. And I think sometimes, you know, and I'm I'm sure you know that very well, Matthew. Sometimes these these crucial matches are gonna are are what's gonna make and break when it comes to winning certain tournaments, don't yeah, you? Yeah, and and that that uh, that previous match was a sudden victory, right? Um, but here, Penn State again coming up over uh, Nebraska. Um, so uh, I do have to correct myself. I believe NU, if that's not Nebraska, okay, so that's actually Northwestern, I think. So, and then heavyweight, obviously, Stevenson from Minnesota, the number one seed. And, um, you know, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm guessing, I'm just guessing that the heavyweight from Iowa probably forfeited this match because he probably felt it wasn't worth it. I mean, do you think that may have what happened? Yeah, that was probably a situation where he, he was just like, you know what? I've got a tournament coming up in two weeks. I, you know, I already got up there, so I'm just going to – it's not worth trying, you know, you know, work trying to wrestle past an injury and injure myself when I've got the tournament coming up. It's, it's, it would be one thing if he was meeting in the fi- Gable Stevenson in the finals and he, you know, yeah, he obviously to try to win for the championship, but you got to get there first. So then let's, let's look, uh, uh, I'm, I'm just gonna, we'll go into the brackets really quick. Um, so, uh, I'm just gonna, we're, we're, we're going to go over the, I think top four seeds, would you say top four seeds to look at Yeah, let's look at that. the tournament? Soriano. 
you know, tough guy coming out of Michigan. He's the winner of, of Big Ten tournament. He's the number one seed. Uh, for number two from Cornell, you've got uh, Vito uh, Arujao. I apologize if I got his name wrong. And then, um, so here, here's here's where it gets interesting, Matthew. Number three seed is from Princeton. Uh, Mr. Pat Glory. And then number four from ASU is uh, Brandon Courtney. So, you know, it looks like some pretty respectable records there. Suriano coming into this tournament uh, undefeated. My guess is he probably, you know, probably did mostly duels um, and maybe a tournament here and there. I mean, they're probably taking into consideration his past records um, and such. Um, you know, so the fact that, you know, coming into this tournament 11 and all as the number one seed for an overall season means that, uh, they really, the coaches, when they were seeding him really put a lot into consideration. Would you say that? Yeah, I would have to go to like who he wrestled, you know, and what, what, what situations he wrestled. Because I think, uh, one of the things that they were considering is quality of match. Head to heads, obviously, and then quality of matches. Um, so, you know, I, I think it'll be interesting. You know, uh, unless something really drastic happens, probably going to see Serena in the finals, and then it's a matter of who his opponent's going to be. You know, will it be the two, three, two or three seeds, or will it be someone else? Who knows? So, at uh, thirty-three, I mean, this is. Uh, not surprising, Roman Bravo Young from uh, Penn State. Um, I believe he is. Uh, if I go to the, the D1 uh, brackets from uh, last year, uh, Roman Bravo Young was the champion, and he actually won in sudden victory over Dayton Fix. So, you know, this time it's going to be, you know, both, both wrestlers coming back, and uh, it looks like so. Um, the roles are reversed based on, you know, probably not just this, this year's uh, results, but probably also the, you know, taking the last tournament into consideration, but it's basically the one and two. Do you think that, you know, with the way that they're going, both men are undefeated, which means that they have not wrestled each other at all. Do you think it's likely that we're probably going to see a rematch of last year's finals? I would say so. I'd say they're probably going to go in there and wrestle, uh, wrestle through and, probably in the finals again and we'll see a rematch right and then um you know at uh so you know here the the top two seeds are dominated by the big 10 nick lee of penn state and uh jaden uh, ironman from iowa at number three and number four you've got sebastian rivera from rutgers so that's another big 10 team and then you've got uh real woods from stanford uh, so you've got three Big Tens and then one Pac-12 as your top four seeds at uh, 141. So if we go into the the if we go into the brackets from last year, uh, once again, it is going to be you know it was Lee and Ironman, and Lee was the one who had a sudden victory. So this time, like at 33 pounds, you know, the seeds are reversed. Lee's coming in as the number one seed, the defending champion. 
And then uh, Ironman, you know, he's uh, coming in as the number two seed. I mean, uh, probably, you know, we are seeing some patterns here, Matthew. I mean, and and I think that this one loss is obviously to Ironman, or to Lee, I'm sorry. So, another rematch, do you think? Yeah, again, if nothing, if there's no, like, Injuries. unexpected upsets, then we'll probably see a rematch in the finals. So, 149. Um, and, uh, again, apologies to all our viewers out there. I'm trying to get into the things here. But Yanni, um, Dakamalis, I'm going to just say it like that. Uh, the undefeated number one seed uh, from Cornell. Again, Matthew, uh, we know about Cornell very well. Um, so he's coming in. Uh, but then you've got uh, Tariq Wilson from NC State. So, um, but then, but then you come in and, but even, even at 149, so Austin Gomez from Wisconsin and then Sammy Sasso from Ohio State. So you do have two Big Ten um, teams representing the three and four seed of this weight class, but you've got EIWA and then you've got the ACC. So I think uh, what uh, basically what, um, you know, for the other schools in order to be in contention here is, is you know, going to be dependent on how, you know, their teams, you know, if it's Michigan, if it's Iowa or if it's Penn State, you know, just how their guys are going to do. Although I do believe that um, Michigan um, store, I believe he finished eighth at the Big Tens. So he did not qualify um, for the tournament at this weight class. Um, so, but there is uh, Penn state does have a wrestler. Iowa does have a wrestler. Iowa qualified 10 Penn state qualified nine. Um, but do you think maybe this could, maybe this weight class right here, you think it might hurt Michigan if they, if they have national title aspirations? Uh, I would have to say yes, but again, I don't think necessarily think that Michigan going to win the national title. I think they pulled an upset at the Big Tens, and I really don't think they're going to be able to pull it off at the at Nationals. So, um, getting into 157, uh, we're looking and seeing that um, Iowa State, David Carr, undefeated, number one seed, then you've got Ryan Deacon, number two seed undefeated from Northwestern. Uh, and then you've got uh, Corey Teamer from ASU undefeated as the number three seed. And then Ed Scott from NC State as the number four seed. Um, but from what I'm seeing here, Matthew, it looks like Big Ten is represented in the top four seeds, but it's neither Iowa nor Penn State. So we could be seeing this as a not so, you know, it'd be interesting to see, you know, how the, the teams uh, do, but obviously to win the national title, especially if you're not seated that well, you're going to have to pull some upsets, don't you think? Yeah, that's one of the methods in which you are able to win national titles is in the weight classes where you're kind of seated a little bit lower, you have to go in there and you have to 
wrestle your best, see if you can't pull any upsets, exploit the opportunities that you have, and at minimum get on the podium. So um, Evan Wick from Cal Poly is the number one seed. Uh, so, you know, hey, we've got California representing. Um, you know, be interesting to see if uh, we can uh, have a national title from a, uh, a California school. Um, so he is the number one seed. Then you've got Keegan O'Toole from Missouri. So Big 12, number three. Uh, Alex Marinelli from Iowa, and then number four is Dean Hamidi from Wisconsin. So, you know, hoping the, you know, at least from, from our perspective, hoping the best to see if, you know, it'd be nice to see a, well, one, a Pac-12 school win, you know, a national championship, you know, even if it's just individually, but two, you know, to see a California team end up winning, especially when it's not a, you know, not known to be a big you know, it, it, it is known for wrestling, but just not not on that high level, don't you think? Yeah, Cal Poly, yeah, they it had John Azevedo, who was also known for building the Calvary Chapel dynasty, but he wasn't didn't seem to be able to excel as much at the NCAA level at D1 level as he was at the high school level but that's of course because at the high school level it's a little bit easier to excel whereas you're up you're at the top so it would be nice i can't remember if cal poly has had a national champion before i'd like to say oh, yes. i remember dad dad mentioned that they've had two yeah so it, it would be nice to see them get one because they haven't had one in a while so 174, um, Carter Starochi from Penn State, number one seed. Uh, Mekai Lewis from Virginia Tech, number two seed. Um, so that's ACC. Logan Massa from Michigan, number three seed. And then Hayden Hidley uh, from NC State. So NC State, you know, kind of getting in those top four seeds uh, from, you know, here and there. So, you know, they might, they might, they might be gunning for a, a top 10 finish. Um, but, you know, I think uh, if, if things were to go uh, as, so we could see Penn State in the finals versus Virginia Tech from the ACC. 174, Miles Amin from Michigan. Uh, he is ranked number, or he is seeded number one. And then you've got Aaron Brooks from Penn State, uh, seeded number two. Uh, Trent Hidley from NC State, and then Parker um, Kekison from University of Northern Iowa. So, you know, we're, we're here, we're, we're seeing how things are going. Um, you know, could be interesting to see if uh, we have a, so this, you know, if, if Amin and Brooks were to make the finals, you know, a rematch of uh, the Big Ten championships. Uh, another way that Michigan could try to contend. Um, Max Dean, number one seed at 197, representing Penn State. And then you got Stephen Buchanan from Wyoming. Wyoming uh, as the, the number two seed. And then um, Eric Schultz from Nebraska and Patrick Brookie from 
Michigan. So here we do have a weight class that does have three Big Ten wrestlers in the top four seeds. Doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, uh, that's guaranteed. Nothing is guaranteed here. Um, So then if we go to the heavyweight, no surprise, you know, Gable Stevenson is the number one seed. Uh, But then uh, Colton Schultz from Arizona State uh, is the number two seed. Uh, And then, it you know, it goes from there. You'll have uh, Tony um, Cassiope from Iowa and then Greg Kirkley from Penn State uh, being in the top four. So, Matthew, um, you know, overall, uh, we saw that uh, if if you were to look at, you know, I did kind of go through here. Penn State is going to have, um, if I can... So this is all the school, you know. Oh, I got a track wrestling kicked me out. Um, but just kind of going through the through the teams. This is this is the counts of all the teams. So if you're looking so far, Cornell has gotten nine wrestlers into the tournament. Uh, you got Iowa State also got nine. Iowa got, you know, a full ten. And, um, you know, so those are, those are probably going to be some of the top contenders, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, all get nine NC state got 10 Northwestern got 10, um, you know, and then you look at Ohio state, Oklahoma state got eight, which is, you know, respectable, uh, not necessarily dominant Oklahoma, Oregon state, Penn state, all get nine. Uh, Pennsylvania University gets 10. And then if you look at the closing um, from there, you get Wisconsin gets nine and also Virginia Tech and Virginia get eight. But overall, Matthew, you know, obviously nothing is guaranteed. But, you know, if you were to look at seeing how things have been going, obviously Penn State was the team that ended up winning the duel between them and Iowa. And then it looked like they, uh, you know, they dominated some other uh, ranked teams, you know, quite convincingly. Uh, but just then having this thing, you know, out of nowhere, Michigan coming in and winning the Big Ten, though. Uh, do you think, though, that this is going to really put any – do you think this is going to deter Penn State from trying to go out and, and get back on the, the championship road? Or do you think it might be Iowa, you know, they might have, you know, they have their own scores to settle with Penn State also and actually try to, you know, repeat, um, you know, Tom Brands, he just got extended. Um, I'm looking, I, I see this article from, you know, Flo, uh, Brands has been extended through 2029. I mean, Iowa is very, very happy to, to keep Brands, you know, where he is because they know that he's probably going to bring them a couple more you know, national titles for the team. Uh, obviously, you know, there will be winners coming out of the, the individual championships. All in all, though, who who do you think? You know, Penn State, Michigan, Iowa, or could it be someone outside of the Big Ten? The safe bet is definitely, I'd say, Penn State. I really do think what happened at the Big Ten was a fluke. If anyone were to pull the upset, I would say it would have to be Iowa. I'd say brands would be able to to pull it off 
And the reason why they extended it is because he's a lot, he's a very consistent coach. I mean, he's always kept them in contention. And as we've seen, he's brought multiple NCAA titles. Granted, they've come in ways, but he has been able to keep them consistent. And he's been able to actually get them the titles. So it's one of those things where if anyone would pull the upset, I have to say it would be Iowa. I, like I said, it's a little bit easier in a pool of 14 to be able to pull an upset than to be able to pull pull an upset in a pool of 30 or the 33? 33. Yeah, 33. It, it's, it's a lot easier to, for that to happen. So I really, if, if there was an upset, I'd say it was Brandt. And the, the thing, the, 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 again, one of the things to remember about Brands is he is a protege of Gable. So was Zaleski, but Zaleski wasn't able to pull anything after the first three years where he was essentially riding off of Gable's coattails. He was not the coach that, um, that Iowa or even Gable thought it'd be because Gable was, Zaleski was Gable's handpicked successor. He said, you are going to be the one who's going to continue my legacy. And they just kept going down, 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 down. It's just like, well, okay, you're not the guy I thought you were. You, I was not you. Yes, this, which resulted in Brands, who again was a protege of Gable, but this time he was able to bring them from their, their lowest point post Gable to actually winning championships. There you so have it. I, he has proven that the thing with Gable is that you have to look at Gable and you have to look at Kale. They were both they were both very unique wrestlers and thus they became unique coaches because they were able to pass that on to their the their their, their, wrestlers. their, their wrestlers. Right. So that it's but they were very unique individuals whereas the brands brothers i mean i'm well i'm not gonna so much talk about terry because he's kind of an interesting case in and of himself but tom brand was the one who you know was able to go out there and was able, able to wrestle and was able again um was able to again turn that around but he had to work a little bit harder for it. Gable, again, was this unique, gifted wrestler who was able to turn that into being a unique, gifted coach. Kale was the same, it is the same way, who is a unique, gifted wrestler and has turned that into being a unique, gifted coach. Brands had to work for it. He was not a naturally gifted wrestler like Gable. He was the type of guy who, while athletic, had to work for it harder and then had, but as a result, he's kind of had to, again, work for it harder when it came to passing that on. He taught more of a work ethic than he did. He's been able to teach more of a work ethic than necessarily the rest, the being able to pass that on as a coach being able to coach the guys. And that's why he hasn't had exactly the same results as Gable. Gable was consistent. Gable was winning championships during, you know, during his time 
when he racked the 15, he was able to win championships. I don't think more than two years apart. I might be wrong, but I don't think he had more than two years apart where he was he was racking up championships. So, whereas you look at Brands Gap, Brands Gap was about uh, almost a decade apart. Yes. yes, and he didn't win multiple championships. So, and maybe if uh, Kale wasn't in the picture. Maybe oh. brands would be winning more. Probably. But again, definitely it's that matter of Kale is very similar to Gable and that they're both unique gifted wrestlers who were able to turn out to be unique gifted coaches. Whereas Brand well, and, and, is more of a workhorse. Well, and you also have to consider, you know, Kale, you know, he didn't start off at Penn State because he, he was actually, I believe he was back at his uh, alma mater. Yeah, he was at his alma mater at Iowa State. He took, I'm not over, mistaken. He took over for Bobby did, Douglas. And, and they did have a third place finish. But it, it sounds, you know, obviously from what it looks like, he found the, the exact formula he needed when he went to Penn State. It's very interesting because, you know, we're talking about, when we're talking about two unique gifted wrestlers, we're also talking about two unique gifted Iowa State alumni. They both came, from, they both came from Iowa State, but they couldn't excel. They, they were only able to excel when they went away. Gable built Iowa, just like Kale has built Penn State. I believe both of those schools had one national championships before, but not in the consistent manner. They were not like Oklahoma State, who has had built this dynasty where at least the, the, the coaches, I think each coach has won at least one national championship at Oklahoma State, which is why they have 34 national titles. That wasn't the history at Penn State or Iowa. Iowa had, I think, less than five Penn State at one. And yeah, they were able to, they've been able to turn those around. And, and I'm, I'm trying to look back at the history of stuff because I'm trying to look at, because there's likely a possibility Oklahoma State wasn't even in the Big 12 during some of their championship years. Uh, you know, uh, as, as you know, the Big 12 used to be the Big 8 uh, before it merged with a... Um, in merging with a, another conference, the Southwestern Conference, right? Emerged with the Southwestern Conference, and technically, the Big Eight, uh, the Big Eight and the Big Twelve are not actually the same conferences. Uh, no, they're the result of a merger. Right, they're the result of a merger. So the Big Twelve is more a a it's a successor to the Big Eight, but so. Yeah, I'm Oklahoma not. I'm not sure either of the. I know that the the Southwestern Conference, uh, their stuff is archived. Yeah, trying to find that too. Anyway, but you know, you bring up some good points. I mean, you know, again, it's it's really interesting how yeah, you can have some talented individuals, and if they put their focus in the right place, they're going to make, you know some very successful programs and wrestlers. So, 
you know, again, we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, you, you might be right. Iowa could pull something off. They have the advantage right now where 10 of their wrestlers qualified over Penn State's nine. So Penn State does have that, you know, if it was, if it was any other school, you know, where, you know, they might have, you know, 10 versus Penn State's nine, that's one thing. But this is, this is going to be, this is going to be quite a hill to climb when you're already down, you know, like in a duel, if you're down six points, that's, that's a very steep hill to climb uh, from there. So it's the same thing here, you know, team points that could have been, you know, will Penn state pull it off? I mean, they've got, they've got good wrestlers to carry them into the finals, but then it's a matter of those wrestlers who don't make, you know, the finals because they will have wrestlers not making the finals. I mean, you're, you're net, you know, if you were to go a hundred percent that you've had a phenomenal year, obviously, but you know, when they're not, how are those wrestlers going to do, you know, in the constellations? Cause that's, a lot of times that's what, that's what ends up happening. It's in the consolations where, you know, the tournaments end up being decided because of how you built up those points. So we'll see. So Matthew, it looks like um, you've got Penn state one, Iowa two. Want to take a guess on three for now, Michigan, maybe. I'll say Cornell. Cornell third. Well, we'll see. Action begins this Thursday. So uh, make sure that you're getting out there and watching it. And um, so that's that's it from us. Uh, you know, again, uh, thanks for thanks as always for supporting us. And um, you can catch Matthew on uh, MMAfreak.com. That's MMA-freak.com. Uh, he's also on. Uh, uh twitter ig um and also uh he um matthew uh, anywhere else that we can find you um i do have my um and then there then there's his his uh his youtube so if you want to also go there too but um anyway so matthew uh where where else can you find um samurai brothers wrestling on well, let's see. We are on YouTube and Rumble is our video. Uh, we are not. We are on Acast, Apple, and we are now on Spotify. More platforms to come. Yes, more platforms to come. We want to make sure that everyone uh, across the board is able to to hear our commentaries. And uh, you know, we're we're obviously just two guys, two brothers. Just uh, you know. We, we haven't been the best wrestlers and we've had our ups and downs, but we just want to kind of just talk about wrestling now. You know, it's, uh, it's always fun to just see how things are going on in the sport. So anyway, thanks for, thanks for watching us and uh, hope you have a great rest of your week and um, look forward to the NCAA division one tournament. And we will be back next week to uh, basically talk about uh, how that tournament went and uh, maybe we'll have, maybe we'll be able to cover uh, just who we might see coming back uh, for the next year. Anyway, so take care out there, and uh, we will see you again. <laughs>